The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened and his tongue was released and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, he has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Last year on this Sunday, the 12th Sunday after Trinity, we tried an experiment. It was a little bit of a test, and you all passed the test. Let's see if you can do it again this year. O Lord, open my lips. Excellent. You get, a, you get 100% still in this class. Wonderful. What a great prayer that is from Psalm 51. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. It's like that prayer we sang in that hymn just a moment ago. Deaf we are, our healer be. Loose our tongues to tell your kindness. A marvelous prayer. Much like the prayer of those men, those friends of that deaf mute in our lesson today who brought their friend to Jesus and begged him that he would lay hands on him, begged him that he would touch him and heal him of his deafness and his inability to speak. Have you prayed for these things? Have you prayed that God would open your ears and loose your tongue? Now it is said that if you want to make somebody feel bad about their devotional life, all you need to do is ask them how their prayers are going. How often are they praying? How busy are they with prayer? Are they praying for all of the things that they actually need? I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I want you to wonder whether you have prayed for open ears and a loose tongue. Ears that hear God's word and take it to heart, and a tongue that speaks God's praise. There are some things that God has clearly promised, and I've noted this for you before, that means there are two different kinds of prayers that we might pray. When we pray for the things that God has promised, we can pray with 100% absolute certainty that God will give it. So when you pray that God would strengthen your faith, he doesn't sit in heaven and say to himself, maybe I'll do that. When you pray that God will forgive your sins, he doesn't sit back and wonder whether it is worth it this time. Instead, he desires that you would ask him for such things. There are all kinds of other prayers that you might pray, which God has not promised. Lord, give us more rain. And he might say, not now. That's not good for you today. Things that he has not promised. Those prayers you must always append with these words, thy will be done and not mine. But when it's something that God has promised, you don't have to say, thy will be done, because you know it is God's will. That's how it is with this prayer, that God would open your ears and loose your tongue. He wants nothing more than to give you open ears to hear his word and a loose tongue to sing his praises. 
But like a lot of things, this is not actually good for you if you do not want it. A lot of God's gifts are not actually good for you if you do not want them. So take the Lord's Supper, for instance. If you don't want the Lord's Supper, if you don't desire the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, St. Paul tells us that it actually works to your harm because you're presuming on God's kindness. You're not repenting and confessing your sins and leaving them behind. That is not good for you. It's a good gift from God, but if you don't want it, if you don't desire it, then it isn't, in fact, good for you. How can you tell whether or not you desire something? Well, here's a good test. Have you asked for it? Here's how I know the kids don't desire Brussels sprouts, because they never ask for them. And here's how I know they desire ice cream, because they will ask for it at every opportunity. It's easy to see what's in a person's heart based on what they ask for. So, have you asked for open ears and a loose tongue to sing God's praises? That's what he wants to give you. He wants to give you ears that are full to overflowing with his word. And he wants to give you a mouth that is full of his words pouring out into the world. That's what he wants to give you. And so let me urge you today to pray for these things. Pray for them continually. Ask for them from God with confidence that he will give them to you. This is what we see playing out in our gospel lesson today. Of course, Jesus healed a physical ailment that this man had. His ears were physically stopped up so that he couldn't hear any words of any kind. And as a deaf man, he had a hard time speaking. He was tongue-tied. He had a speech impediment. And so Jesus solved that physical problem for him. But that physical problem is a picture of the spiritual problem that we all suffer from by nature and that we still struggle with as sinners wrestling against the flesh. Our ears must be opened. And notice how this comes first. Before the man can speak plainly, his ears have to be opened. Before you can sing God's praises, before you can speak truth, your ears have to be opened. Now, this is always a problem. God identifies this problem among his people in the Old Testament. Their lips were moving. They were honoring him with, his, with their lips, but their hearts were actually far from him. Or Jesus talks about the false prophets who have not been called and not been sent. So there are lots of people who will say Lots of things honor God with their lips, but it's a false honor. It's a false praise because they haven't first heard from God. Their ears were not first opened. Don't think that just because you come to church and sing the hymns and say the prayers, just because you can speak in the lingo of Christianese, you can use the word blessing, and you can talk about prayer, and you know the name of Jesus. Don't think that just because those words are on your lips, that your heart is necessarily with God. There are many who will come to Jesus in the last day and say to him, Lord, Lord, didn't we do many mighty works in your name? Weren't your praises on our lips all the time? And he will say to them, I have not known you. Depart from me, you workers of evil. Why? Because they didn't start with open ears. This is where theology so often goes wrong. When people get a good start in God's word, read a few things from the Bible, and then run off in their own direction with this little bit of knowledge. No, we need to have ears open to the entirety of God's word. Continually, lest our ears be flooded with other words, false words. 
equally problematic besides this problem of hypocrisy, lips that are singing God's praises with hearts that are far from him, equally problematic and perhaps more common in our day is lips that don't move at all. Christians who don't sing God's praises. Christians who are containing God's word to some degree but are not overflowing with God's word so it doesn't pour out into their lives. And that, that is what we are after. Full ears. Ears that are full to overflowing. Notice how God fills things up. Jesus says that if you ask, you will receive a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing into your lap. He's not settled to give you a half a cup of coffee. He wants that coffee to be overflowing and continually to be refilled. He's like that great host who throws a party and never lets your glass get empty. That's what God is like. Throughout the Old Testament, we have all these stories of things overflowing. The widow of Zarephath, whose flower jar never went dry and her oil jar was never empty. Or the other widow, who had oil pouring out of her jar so that she was able to sell so much oil and pay for all of her debts. Or the baskets of leftovers after Jesus fed the 5,000. More leftover afterwards than what they began with. Or the seed that is buried in the ground and grows and bears fruit not one or two times as much as there was to begin with, but a hundredfold. That is how God does things. The goal is to fill your ears to overflowing. And if it is not overflowing, then keep pouring. Don't be like that child who complains that there's not enough milk on his cereal when there's a jug of milk sitting right beside it. <laughs> Pour more and more all the time. It's not enough to say, well, my milk, my cereal's dry, there's not enough milk, when you could be adding more to the mix. It's not enough to sit and say, well, where is the fullness of God's word in my heart when you haven't been pouring it? into your ears. God wants it to overflow. And so, keep pouring. Fill and fill more. That's what God wants for you. He wants your ears to be open to his word so that nothing else can crowd in your heart, so that nothing else can push his love and his mercy and his kindness out of the way. He wants your ears to be full. There's never too much. That's how God thinks about these things, and the goal is that it would pour out into your life through your words, through your praise of God, through your testimony to his goodness and to his love. That man who had his ears opened and his tongue loosed, before that he was tongue-tied. He couldn't speak plainly. And the difference between before and after is that afterwards he spoke clearly so that everyone could understand him. And isn't that a great description of the problem in our world with all of the words that people speak? They're not good words. So often they are outright lies. There are so many comfortable lies in our world. Things that we have just agreed to delude ourselves with. That we can somehow solve all of our problems. That we are all actually really good people deep down in our core. That there's comfort to be had anywhere outside of God's love and mercy for us. What lies those are. Those are the kinds of words that abound in our world. Tongue-tied our world is. Can't help but speak lies. And nonsense, too. Our world is full of nonsense. It's like, you know the story Alice in Wonderland and there's this poem this nonsense poem, the Jabberwocky poem. 
And Alice, she's not willing to admit that she doesn't understand a word of it, and she doesn't understand a word of it because none of it makes any sense. Isn't that the way it is in our world? All kinds of people speaking all kinds of nonsense, day in and day out, just imagining that these are substantive words, that the wisdom of our world is truly wise, when in fact, it's folly, utter folly. That's the way words go in our world, if If not that, they are at least, at the very core, just superficial. Imagine having a relationship with someone, but all you ever do is have chit-chat and small talk and talk about the weather. If that was all there was between you and your spouse, what kind of a relationship would that be? What superficial words those are. God wants to give you something better. Life is more than just a dream. This feels so often, this world and this life, it feels so often like just on the edge of a dream where nothing makes sense, where nothing adds up, where everyone's confused all the time and there's no hope, but God wants to give you something better. He wants to give you true words, substantive words, words that don't fall to the ground, words that hold up, words that last to eternity. That's what he wants to put into you, and that's what he wants you to speak. And so he looses your tongue through his word to speak true and meaningful and substantive things, things that have matter to them, things that do not fade away, not trite sentiments, not small talk, not chit-chat, but God's word, word made flesh, word that dwells among us, word that saves. What kinds of words are those. Well, here's a good way to think about it. Here's a good place to start. What has God done for you? If you want something to talk about, talk about what God has done for you. Has he not died for you and forgiven all of your sins? Has he not given you the hope of eternal life so that though your body will be laid in the grave, it will not remain there forever? Has he not provided for you giving you everything that you need in answer to your petition, give us this day our daily bread. Has he ever failed to give you what you need? Has he given you contentment, the peace that passes understanding? Has he freed you from guilt and anxiety and worry? Has he taught you to cast those things on him, to call upon him in the day of trouble? Has he taught you to pray? to look to your heavenly Father for every good thing? Has he shown you what is good and godly, things that you would not have known if God had not taught you? Has he given you friends and family who rejoice in his mercy with you? Has he made you patient in affliction and suffering? Has he filled your ears with good words? The words of scripture, the words that you hear in this place, the words that you hear in preaching, the words that you hear when you are reminded continually of God's love for you, hearty, substantive, eternal words. Has he given all of that to you? And if so, then you have something to talk about, something far better than this, what this world has to say. These are the things that you should pray for. Pray that God would fill your ears and your heart with his word. And pray that he would fill you to overflowing so that everyone around you, everyone you meet, has to ask you why you are so hopeful, why you are so full of the praise of God. Let that be your prayer. Wouldn't that be something? You cannot get there on your own. 
And that's why we often throw up our hands in despair. Look, I'm just not very good at telling people about Jesus. If so, pray. Pray. And then get to work. We often take a cop-out here when it comes to these questions, to these matters, things we might pray for. So it's like that man who's sitting on top of his house as the floodwaters are rising and he prays that God would rescue him. And when the boat comes by to pull him off of the roof, he says, no, 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 God's going to rescue me. Not recognizing that the boat that's sitting right beside the roof of his house, that's his rescue. And so you cannot pray that God would fill your ears with his words while the Bible sits on the shelf covered in dust. You cannot pray that God would fill your ears with his words when instead of studying God's word, you watch TV or listen to the news more than you pay attention to what your Lord has to say to you. You cannot pray that God would fill your ears with his words when you miss church, when you are not here to receive the gifts of God. You cannot pray for those things if you neglect the means that God has given you to give you these blessings. You also cannot pray for a loosed tongue to sing God's praises when your tongue is busy with other things. Uttering curses, being full of bitterness and resentment, speaking about vain things, things that don't matter. You cannot pray that God would loose your tongue to sing his praises when you're singing the praises of this world or your own self-righteousness. And so, let God do these things for you. Pay attention to where your ears are focused and what your tongue is busy with, and pray that the Lord would fill your ears and loose your tongue. Blessed is that man, this is what David says, blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us, None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. God grant us, God grant each one of you, this same spirit that delights to hear God's word and rejoices to sing his praise. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen.